Hi, everyone. Proverbs 23.13 says, Do not withhold discipline from a child. And Proverbs 29.15 says, The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left undisciplined brings shame to his mother. Thanks for joining me again. As kids, and from the time that we can start reasoning and questioning life, I think we all tend to get to an age where we think that we know more than our parents. I feel like it happens to the most of us. At least I know that it happened to me. So I speak for myself. We tend to believe that as time passes and as the years go by, that we are smarter than our parents and that they just don't understand what we're going through. We forget that although the experiences are different, they once were young and they were our age as well. We all have been there. And we don't realize that there's just so much to learn. My mother said to me once after becoming a mother myself, where you are, I once was. And where I am in life, one day you're going to be. And those are such true words full of wisdom. I take those words to heart because my parents were parents of very few words, at least towards us kids. I could remember them engaging in conversation with other people and some of my older cousins, but they failed to enter conversation with us. And those words spoken by my mother stuck to me because as my kids were entering preteen years, they would come to my mind. And I would find myself reciting them to my kids, especially during the times of discipline or during those times that we had heart-to-heart conversations. Welcome back. I am so glad that you decided to join me again. Today, I want to dive into a topic that I've titled myself, Love and Discipline. I think it's going to end up being like a two-part session. Today, I feel like we'll only be able to cover some of it, but I want to share with you a testimony in my own personal life. The scripture tells us not to withhold discipline when it comes to our children. Years ago, I worked for a county prosecutor. Uh, He was an old school kind of man. And at that time of our lives, I was having issues, both my husband and I, with one of our sons. He was our third oldest. He was constantly in and out of school. We constantly were in doctor's office, school meetings, counselors, all because of his aggressive anger. Doctors at this time had pre-diagnosed him and had indicated that he had ADHD, oppositional defiance disorder, and that he showed signs of being bipolar. My boss saw my struggle and he pulled me aside and said to me, if you fail to discipline him now and give up while he's young, I just want you to know and be aware that as he gets older, the law will step in and they will discipline him for you. And trust me, you do not want that. I had to really focus on those words because he was the juvenile prosecuting attorney. He was a a prosecuting attorney for the town. And John had been in my life years ago when I was a kid. And so I took those words very seriously and I pondered on them as to what he had said and the meaning behind all that. He encouraged me to find different ways to help our son, but above all, he instructed me not to give up no matter how hard it got. Like I said, he was an old school type of guy, and he often indicated to me that parents nowadays are afraid to discipline their kids. Now, there's a difference between discipline and child abuse, and it's very distinct line. And I'm not talking about child abuse, but he did believe that a good old smack on the butt didn't hurt anybody. That's not exactly what he was talking about during that time. He was able to help me and he set up a meeting with a woman who oversaw the juvenile diversion program in the town that I live in. And we all agreed that we would take a tour of the juvenile jail with our son. 
We wanted him to try and understand the consequences of his actions if he didn't take time to think before he reacted by impulse. Now, growing up, I often heard stories of my dad and how hard my grandfather was on them. The physical abuse that they endured as a form of discipline. And that's what I mean by child abuse. There's a difference. There's a difference when you're disciplining your kids with such force and angers that you cause bodily injury. And that's not what the discipline that I'm talking about. In those days, when parents needed the kids to help with work, school was not a priority. When there needed to be financial help within the home, school was not a priority. They simply worked instead of going to school to help within the home. Hard labor in the country of Mexico is what my father encountered at a very young age. Early morning horseback rides, take morning breakfast wherever my grandpa was with my uncles while they were working in the country. And then a ride back to come home and help my aunts with the day's chores. One thing I do remember is that dad never told us of any times that my brother expressed any actual words of love or affirmation or hugs, words of encouragement or anything like that. That didn't exist in their life. My grandmother died when my dad was very young and he was left in the hands of his older siblings and my grandfather. And over the years, I've tried to understand my dad's lack of affection towards us as we got older. I tried to understand the demand for perfection. See, he wasn't very affectionate towards us when we were kids, at least not that I remember. I remember him doing so with my youngest brother all the time. Maybe because he was the baby, I'm not sure, but I don't remember him actually being affectionate towards us older siblings. He has always been a hard worker and a provider. That was something that I did learn from him was to always work hard and to make sure that we did things right the first time because laziness would only bring double the work. And by that, I mean, he would kick our butt first and then he would make us do it all over again. So trust me when I said we learn quick. It always seemed that yelling and physical discipline was necessary in the eyes of my dad so that we would learn whatever lesson he was trying to teach us. We did fear him. I can't remember as a kid having conversations with him. He worked all day and then he would come home and work around the house. Once we moved to Idaho, he worked hard at a dairy and then would come home to tend his own cattle. We had calves at that time in Idaho. The chores were different, but the financial stress was the same. Trying to provide for your family and make something out of nothing. He had no education, no real career. All he knew was how to work with his hands. And all he knew was what he had learned physically in the traits of learning how to do construction and things that required actual work with his hands. The priorities were all mixed up. At least that was my opinion. My father expected us to have good grades in school, yet he never attended a parent-teacher conference. I remember that I used to perform. I used to dance for the school functions. I never once saw him in the audience. He wasn't a parent who asked how our day was at school, how a day went. He never asked if things were good or anything of that sort, if we had any struggles. He expected that the dishes would be done when we got home from work. He expected that we would help him with cow feedings when he got home from work. It almost felt like as a kid, my world was full of certain expectations and never felt that we received gratitude for our part in helping. I was expected and never to be questioned anything that was expected of me. And if we dared to disobey or fall short of these expectations, physical, 
physical endurance is what we faced while we were being raised. And by that, I mean a good butt kicking because that's how he was raised. I paid attention and often compared situations because when I was allowed to go to my friend's house when we lived in California, I saw her family's interactions with her. And it was so different through my eyes. She felt comfortable being affectionate with her parents, hugging them. She called them mommy, puppy, which are terms of endearment for mommy and daddy. As a parent myself, I now understand those expectations because I have certain expectations for my children as well. I understand now that a family unit must work together to maintain a home in a running order. I understand that we all play a role, a big role in a home. So now that we are parents, along with those expectations that my husband and I have, we also try our hardest and we try our best that to ask our kids about their days. We try to make sure that we tell them verbally that we do love them and not just assume that they know that we love them. We tell each other we love you before we hang up the phone. We remind them to be safe when they walk out the front door. We try to hug them at bedtime, good night. Even my kids that still live at home, they're in their 20s when they're going to bed because they're going to get up early and go to work the next day. They they will come to us and they will give us a hug and say, good night, mom, good night, dad, going to bed. And it feels good. I didn't have that growing up. Discipline is necessary in the life of a child and in molding them. But expressing verbal love and physical, positive, healthy affection is also necessary in the heart of a child. Now, I'm not saying that we're better than our parents. I just am saying that we chose to parent differently. We try and give our children something essential in their upbringing than what we received, at least than what I received. I always knew that my parents cared for me. They demonstrated it by being providers, by going to work, making sure that we didn't fall short of needing anything. We had struggles. We didn't grow up with money. And so we, our family did struggle financially. You know, there was four kids in a home. And as parents, we learn as we live. We all know that no child is born with an instructional manual when they come from the womb. And although you may have several children from the same parents and they're all being raised the same, they're all different. No child is one in the same. These are the moments where we can start molding our kids. By giving appropriate, healthy, physical love and verbal reassurance is so important to a kid. And I say this not for any other reason other than it has affected me in my adult life and my relationship with my own parents. I know that my parents would like for me to be more affectionate towards them. My dad so has expressed that my mom feels a certain type of way. But now that I'm older, it's difficult to display something that just might not be sincere. Or to be honest, like it's hard to, d- to display something that wasn't shown to me as a child. At the age of 13, though, this was a time in my life where I faced fear, anger, where I was defiant. I endured physical punishment, and everything flashed right in front of my face. It was a time that I was referring to when I said that I think there's a time in our life where we feel that we know more than our parents. A time in my life when I dared to disobey my parents because I felt that certain needs were not being met. This was a time where I tested the limits of his patience. Also, a time where I noticed that I was becoming the center of attention among 
others outside of my home in a small town in southern Idaho, and mostly the attention of young boys. And I have to say that it felt nice to get that attention, felt nice to be noticed. At home, it was all expectations, rules, yelling, demand, chores, responsibilities of helping to care for my younger brother. But there was a lack of affection or appreciation from not just my dad, but my mom too. That great feeling of attention from the outside also brought pain and affliction over the years to come within the walls of my own home. And this was the reason and a time in my life where I met that guy and that boy that would later in the years become my husband. But at the age of 13, when we moved from Southern California to Jerome, Idaho, it was such a shock for the city girl. We went from the busy everyday life trying to survive in public school system full of gangs, a place where I walked from class to class with my head looking down at the ground as I walked because if I dared to look up and looked at somebody the certain way, I might get jumped. Uh, we moved from a, from the city life where I had to always watch over my shoulder. I had to be very careful as to what I said and who I said it to and the tone that I said it to the farmland. And when I said that was a shocker, it it was a shocker because when I moved to Idaho, the population in the town where I moved at that time was about 7,000. And I want to say that probably included the cows that surrounded us. No, I'm just kidding. But from the city to the farmland, I was lost. I had no sense of belonging. I was seeking love and acceptance in all the wrong ways and in the wrong places. My parents provided the physical needs that I that a child needs, but neglected the deep emotional need that a child desires and seeks. Never once did they sit there and ask us, how were we feeling about the move? What was going through our minds? What was going through our hearts? How were we dealing or coping with this extreme change in our lives? My emotional tank at that time was empty and it was waiting to be filled. There was so much emptiness. And the only thing that entertained my life and occupied my mind at the age of 13 was that three-year-old little brother who clinged on to me like glue. He went everywhere with me that he could. Anywhere my mom would allow me to go, anyways. When, when we lived in California, my only friend who lived across the street from me. And if I wanted to go hang out with her and play with her, I did get permission if I packed a diaper bag and a stroller, made sure his bottle was full. He was a huge part of my life and continues to be a huge part of my life and important at that. He was my happiness during the times that I was lonely. He was my entertainment. I grew up faster than kids should, changing diapers at the age of 10, 11, 12 and on. And in my mind, I felt grown at 13, getting up, making bottles. It wasn't odd for me to do that. I felt that I knew what I wanted in life. I thought that I knew more than my parents. And in our culture, it's not uncommon for kids to take care of kids while parents work and so on. So when I met that boy next door, I thought I was in love at 13. He gave me the attention that I wanted. The emotional tank was getting filled. My face showed it and my dad was not having it. I was only 13 when I thought that I knew what life was all about. We tried to keep our relationship secret for as long as we could. But in a small town where it spreads like wildfire and nothing is secret for long, that's when I started to realize that we were so naive at that time. We were in a love mindset, or at least I was. I don't know where his mindset was because I couldn't speak for him. But I didn't guard my heart and I started to trust people that would turn and flip on me. I should have put my trust and my confidence in my parents, but they never gave me that opportunity. Given the fact that my emotional tank wasn't filled looking back, I knew 
that we had to do things different when we wanted to raise our kids. Not that we were better than our parents, like I stated before, but we just wanted to parent differently. We seek guidance now from others that have been in our situation, but with the exception that the people that we have come across in our parenting path, for the most part, trust that God is guiding them. That is the difference. Putting God first when seeking direction. Trusting that he's going to guide us in the best way when it comes to the love and discipline of our kids. Without that trust of faith, I'm afraid that we probably would have practiced the same methods of physical discipline as my parents did. One day when I was nursing my fourth son, my dad approached me and he asked for forgiveness. And I still remember that day as if it was yesterday. By this time, he had come to know the Lord on a personal level. And he said to me, that he needed me to forgive him because of how he was with me growing up. He said, I really wished I knew how to be a better father to you kids. I wish that I would have known better. He said, I made so many mistakes with your guys' upbringing. I wish I would have had a better understanding on how to raise you with tenderness instead of physical punishment. And those words really got to me, to my heart. There's so much to share with you guys and to try and help you understand why this affected me coming from my father. The difference between my childhood and as an adult when it came to the relationship with my dad was that when we were growing up, he didn't know God on a personal level back then. He disciplined us with emotions, but backed with anger instead of understanding. And that was huge. My father was not a man known to anyone to ask for forgiveness. In people's eyes, my dad was a monster of the way that he disciplined us. But I can tell you that only God can do that in a person's life. Only God was able to work in my dad's heart as well as in mine. And I'll tell you that he continues to remind me daily um, how I need to shape my life. I want to thank you today for listening to me. I want you to stay tuned for part two as I share that important event that changed my life and the life of my dad, our relationship. What was the situation that brought us to have a different relationship? His actions that led to severe consequences. One where I ended up in foster care and my dad ended up behind bars because he exercised his belief in physical violence to teach me a lesson instead of disciplining me with God's love. Not one that I regret by any means. I'm just wanting to share with you because I don't believe that anything that has happened in my life has been a coincidence. There's been a purpose. There, It's something that had to take place for both of us to learn that we were created for a bigger purpose in this life. So I hope that you stay tuned for part two. Thank you so much for joining me today. Until next time, may God bless you. Sonia Leon.